Hey friends, my name is Claudine. Welcome to the Embodied Catholic Woman. This podcast is for Catholic women who are looking for a holistic approach to well-being that is rooted in faith. You'll learn how to manage your thoughts, feel your feelings, and regulate your nervous system so you can fully embody your feminine genius. Let's do it. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Embodied Catholic Woman podcast. I hope you're doing well. I hope your summer is going well. It's been a really good summer for me, although I feel like it's just flying by very, very quickly. My coaching practice is full. My Arise group coaching program is amazing, and the women in the program are great. And we are almost wrapping that program up as well. And at the moment, I'm working on some great new things that are coming for the fall of 2023. So I want you to stay tuned for that. On today's episode, I really wanted to talk about this idea of the top five investments that every embodied Catholic woman should be making in herself. And if you're not yet a a Catholic woman who's fully embodying her feminine genius, I believe that these five investments will help you to do that. And this episode partially was inspired by this week's topic in the Arise Group Coaching Program. I did a video training on procrastination and time management. And it's interesting, whenever we we talk about time, you know, people think about really spending time and wasting time. And when you think about time in that way, like you're either spending it or you're wasting it, of course, it makes time management very difficult because a lot of the way that we look at time, it really is a mental construct. And there's another way to look at time, which is in investing. Like, how are you investing your time? And so I wanted to bring this concept of investing versus spending into our lives as Catholic women. What are we investing our time on? What are we spending our time on or wasting our time on? And I wanted to to get you to see that there are five things that I believe every Catholic woman should be investing her time, her resources, her presence, even financially in these things to really truly live that purpose-filled life that God has created each of us for, right? He's created all of us for this life. I firmly believe that if we are going to do what we were placed on this earth to do, then we've got to be fully embodying our feminine genius. We have to be fully willing to to heal and to embrace the challenges, embrace the difficulties, to be willing to push through the fear. And so these five investments that I'm going to share with you today are going to help you do just that. So I'm going to give you a broad overview of the five investments, and then we're going to dive into each of them individually. So the first investment is going to be in your spiritual life. The second investment is in your personal development. The third investment is in your physical health. 
and well-being. The fourth investment is in your relationships. And the fifth investment is in your surrounding community. So let's talk about investment number one in your spiritual life. Now, of course, as Catholics, our faith should be the foundation of everything we do, right? It should be the basic scaffolding on which everything else is built. And very quickly, I'm sure you've experienced this, you know, I've experienced this because, you know, we're not perfect. You know, there's ebbs and flows in, in everything that whenever the faith part of our life or that sacramental life kind of gets put on the back burner or gets pushed to the side or, you know, there are other things that seem to be more pressing, we very quickly experience that feeling of being rudderless, right? Or not being rooted, not being grounded. And that's because our faith really is the wellspring from which our life, our very life force is generated. And so when we talk about investing in our spiritual life, that includes a life of prayer, a life of meditating on scripture, meditating on the word of God. And prayer is described as, you know, us communicating with God. Meditation is often described as God communicating with us. So really, both of those are very necessary. And it really helps us to feel that sense of peace, that sense of connection, that presence. I'm sure you've experienced this in your relationships that sometimes words are not necessary. Sometimes just being there or that sense of feeling the other person there with you is enough for you to feel that sense of safety and comfort. And so we want to leave room in our relationship with God for that, that space for him to also be able to just to pour into us. So Eucharistic adoration is a wonderful, wonderful place to be able to do that, to just sit in front of the monstrance and to just quietly receive, receive the graces, receive the love that he's pouring out onto you. And sometimes there may be a message, there may be something that he wants to say to you, but being really open and disposed to that. Of course, our spiritual life is built on receiving the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. And, and so we want to really be participating in the Eucharist in the Eucharistic meal as often as we can. So going to Sunday mass is the minimum requirement for us as Catholics, right? That's just a non-negotiable. But what about going to daily mass? Even if you can't make it to mass every single day in the week, even if you can get to daily mass, maybe once, you start with once, and maybe twice, and maybe you gradually do work up to going to mass every day but you will notice a profound transformation and shift in your life from staying close to our Lord in the Eucharist by going to daily mass. I remember I had a spiritual director, gosh, maybe eight years ago at this point, um, who, who basically challenged me to start going to daily mass. And I had the desire to go, but in my mind, it's interesting, I couldn't see that there was an option for me to go. And I remember him saying, well, just pray, just pray. God, that's a prayer God's going to answer 100% of the time. He'll, he'll help you figure it out. And he did. There was a, a church that actually had many different options for daily mass. 
And this church was right en route to me going to work in the morning. So it was very, very convenient. And he's right, going to daily mass is life-changing. Another way to invest in your spiritual growth is reading scripture or perhaps listening to the Bible in a year podcast. You know, if you're not able to, you know, find the time to to sit down and, and read the Bible, going to mass also helps with this, obviously, because you're you're getting scripture in mass. But reading the scripture, listening to the word of God and allowing it to to penetrate your heart, you know, right now in the um in the mass, we've been hearing about you know, sowing seeds, right? Sowing seeds on on that fertile soil. Well, scripture helps the soil of our hearts to become fertile, right? It helps to till the soil of our hearts. It helps to expose where we need more healing, where we need more growth. And so scripture is very important for that as well. Another part of our spiritual investment is confession, right? The sacrament of penance and reconciliation where we have direct access to forgiveness from God, we can go to the confessional, we can name the ways that we have sinned or the ways that we haven't lived up to our calling, the ways we haven't reflected those virtues that we should be reflecting in our lives or with other people. And we're able to receive that absolution from the priest who's acting in the person of Christ. And I know this is something that you know Protestants don't, don't get, they don't understand. But it is a beautiful gift that our faith gives us. And I feel that sometimes we we are afraid to go to confession. We're afraid to to say something or, you know, we feel embarrassed about it. But that's just the enemy trying to keep you from the grace that comes from the sacrament of confession. And so making investments of time in those things to really build up your spiritual life is going to be the number one investment that any embodied Catholic woman can make. The second investment is going to be in your personal growth and development. And I'm going to include your mental health, your emotional health in this as well, because really this is this is how we're able to actually move forward in our lives. You know, I talk a lot about heart wounds, these things, these experiences, these events that have happened to pretty much all of us in the past. I, I really don't believe it's it's possible that anyone is born on this, you know, earth and they've never experienced a heart wound or some kind of challenge or trauma from the past. And again, trauma is not this, doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing, right? It can be very subtle. Your, your body, your nervous system can really perceive anything as a trauma. And so really understanding that anything that you've experienced in the past can be traumatic. And when I'm working with clients, you know, they will always say, well, I don't know if this makes sense or I don't know why this memory is coming up. And then they share the memory with me and they might even kind of downplay it and say, but I know that wasn't, that wasn't a really big thing, you know? And it's like, yeah, in, as, as, as an adult, it's not a big thing, right? Looking through adult eyes, you can see how, you know, not significant that experience was. But when you're looking through the lens of a child, right? When you are are looking at this through the eyes of whatever age you were at the time, right? So your three-year-old self, your five-year-old self, your 10-year-old self, your 14-year-old self, 
even your 20 year old self, right? Your brain has continued to, you know, mature over the years. Of course, you received it or experienced it in a very different way back then. So things that can be seemingly quote unquote small and minor may not have been remembered in your body, remembered by your nervous system as minor or small. And so really that's the whole point of doing this personal growth work, this personal development work is to heal, to heal those insults from the past that are essentially keeping you stuck and keeping you from moving forward in your life today. So what does personal development include? So most people start out with things like self-help books or, you know, listening to podcasts, maybe like this one, and really just kind of collecting basic knowledge. But oftentimes what I've found is that's usually limited to, to, to really get in there and work through some of those issues from the past. But that usually sparks some need or some desire to keep going or to get more information or to get more resources and more help. So that might have led you to therapy or it might have led you to spiritual direction, which are wonderful modalities and wonderful ways of healing. But also coaching, I have found to be super helpful, super impactful, because the difference between spiritual direction and coaching, the, what makes coaching different is that it really helps you to, to really fully understand yourself, but not be so focused on just the past, but to really help you get what you need to get from what happened to you in the past so that you can move forward. So as coaches, we're not therapists, we're not sitting down there and really taking a deep dive into your past and helping you to dissect it and to process it and, and those things. And we're not spiritual directors where we're helping you to really, you know, discern necessarily that, that voice, that calling of God. You know, I don't have that training as a spiritual director, but as a coach, what I can do and specifically as an embodiment coach is not so much help you to fully process the past, but to see the ways the past is impacting you in your present so that we can release anything that's stuck in your mind or stuck in your body or even keeping you stuck spiritually so you can release it and then move on. So making the investment in personal growth and development is, is the number two investment that any Catholic woman can make. Sadly, I find a lot of people are not willing to make that investment um, in themselves because maybe they're suspicious or they're mistrustful or they have this belief, well, I should just get over it, right? I, I shouldn't even be thinking about this or, or, you know, this person isn't perfect. How can they help me, right? I'm sure they have their problems too, right? So I've heard it all. I've heard it all. But I want you to realize that that way of thinking about investing in personal development is actually going to keep you stuck, right? One of the benefits of investing in personal development and tools that can help you develop personally and help you to become the woman that God created you to be is it often saves you time. So yes, you make an investment of time, you make an investment of resources, you make an investment financially, in you know say therapy or or coaching or or books or programs courses memberships however the return on the investment that you get it actually ends up saving you so much time it sa it saves you so much worry and grief and hassle 
because you now have access to tools that can help you process things so much more efficiently. So again, this is an investment that is absolutely worth making. In the long run, it just, it just pays dividends, it, it multiplies. So the third investment that every Catholic woman should make is in her physical health, her physical health. So this is where I you know, have to draw from my background um, as a board certified lifestyle medicine physician, where investing in the body that God gave you through regular exercise, through getting enough sleep, through nourishing your body with nutritious foods, by also taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally, by trying to find that balance between your career and your professional life and your personal life, by spending time with others, that social connection, creating time for, for rest, making space for fun, for joy, for things that bring, bring you pleasure, right? It's such an important investment. And there's a stat that says 80% of chronic illness is really related to lifestyle factors. Think about that, 80% of chronic illness is due to lifestyle factors. That means, theoretically, 80% of chronic illness could be either completely healed or managed much more efficiently than the current medical model manages them if people take care of their lifestyle choices and make better lifestyle choices. And so making the investment into Maybe it's a gym membership, or maybe it's cardio equipment, or maybe it's investing in, I don't know, maybe you need help with your sleep or support with your sleep. So investing in a high quality mattress, you know, something that helps you to get a good sleep at night. Or it could be, again, investing in a coach or in a therapist or, you know, finding a spiritual director. It could be investing in higher quality food, right? Instead of fast food or instead of very, you know, quick processed food that is fast for you to make, but it's taking a toll on your body, right? So really thinking about how you can invest in yourself at the highest level possible for you, the highest level that, you know, meets your financial budget and meets your time requirements, right? I understand maybe you're not going to be able to make, you know, a five course meal every every day, but maybe you set aside four hours on the weekends to meal prep for the week. So instead of running to the fast food restaurant, you actually have your your meals prepared. You can just bring them with you to work. Right? So that's those are investments that are worth making, right? Because we only get one body. <laughs> We only get one body and once it starts to fail, once it starts to fall apart, it's very hard to, well, you really can't reverse the damage um, in, a, in a lot of situations. Of course, there are some illnesses that can be reversed or cured or healed, but once you really start to make some of those, some, some of the damage that is not reversible, like maybe you're diagnosed with an illness that you can, you can, you know, manage it with, you know, lifestyle or, or medication, but it might be that you can't fully reverse it or something like arthritis or, you know, changes to your joint, like wear and tear on your joints, you know, from maybe lack of activity. Those things, unfortunately, once the wear and tear happens, once that 
change occurs in your body, it's really hard to, to go back and to, to fix it. And then we're really talking about secondary prevention where we're, or even tertiary prevention, where we're just kind of mitigating symptoms or managing symptoms at that point. Prevention is always, always going to be preferable to managing or treating illness. And so we want to make that investment a priority. The fourth investment is going to be investing in your relationships. This is so important because as human beings, we were created for connection. We are wired for connection with other people. That's just how God made us, right? We were created through the union of a man and a woman, right? And then we are born into a family of other people. We are dependent on other people for our very survival from the beginning. And then what happens is, you know, some heart wound happens, whether it's with our, our caregivers or our family of origin or something that happens to us in school or with our teachers or maybe our first, you know, romantic relationship or whatever. And then we start to mistrust people or we start to believe that people are unsafe or relationships are unsafe or safety can only be found in within my immediate family you know or it can only be found in you know the people that i've known for you know my whole life and so what happens is we either avoid interactions with other people we sort of cut ourselves off from others or we go over the top and we become very anxiously attached to other people and so what we want to do is really again investing in our personal growth and development to heal those wounds those family wounds those attachment traumas but as we're doing that work we also want to simultaneously be investing in our relationships in our relationships with other people so that can be the relationship with your family can be the healing the relationship that you have there it can be the relationships with your colleagues at work the relationship with friends, the relationship with your significant other or your spouse, right? And important pillars in all healthy relationships is really communication and being able to really listen actively to the other person instead of just insisting that you get the final word or that you know you are the only one whose opinion matter. Also, empathy and compassion, really trying to see things from the other person's perspective and to have that compassion for the other. And even if you don't agree with what they, what they're saying or where they're coming from, at least coming from a space of compassion where you can be compassionate for how they're feeling, even if you don't agree with what they're saying. And then of course, something that's very important to all relationships, it will not last without this is forgiveness and reconciliation. This is really hard for a lot of people, right? You know, in our in our Catholic faith, of course, we know that we're supposed to forgive others, that we're supposed to forgive the wrongs and the things that people have done to us. And reconciliation is always going to be the goal, right? So we forgive and then we reconcile. But I also realize that in some relationships, you can forgive the other, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to jump back into the relationship with the other person. Because perhaps the relationship is not healthy. Perhaps the relationship is toxic. And so you can still do that forgiving. You can let the other person go. You can forgive them and release them with love. 
reconciliation is obviously the goal, especially if you're in a covenant with this person, right? You're married to this person, but also understanding that just the art of forgiveness, it goes so far in terms of making an investment in your relationships. And I had this belief that the people who are meant to be in your life will be in your life, right? I really believe that. I really believe that people sometimes come into our lives for a season, you know, or maybe there's a lesson that God wants you to learn through the relationship. And we can definitely mourn the loss of a relationship, or we can mourn the loss of a friendship, or we can be sad that, you know, things have changed. But we can also receive the grace that came through that relationship or through that friendship, no matter how brief it was, right? Sometimes it's just maybe in a dating relationship, it's someone that you just went out with for, you know, three dates or five dates, or maybe you were dating for three months and then the relationship ended. You don't have to mourn the loss of the relationship. You can celebrate the experiences that you had with this person or that you built with this person. And so that's why making investments in your relationships, it's huge. It's so important because our lives are really about relationships. It's a series of relationships with people that we meet or we interact with all along the way. And the final investment, the fifth investment is really investing in your community, investing in your community. And this kind of flows from the fourth investment. And really, we're again, we're put on this earth in a family of others. And then very soon we kind of launch out from our family and then we're in a wider community, our church community, our school community, and then our college community, and eventually our career community, or maybe it's just your, you know, your social circle, your friend circle, whatever. We're not meant to just do this life kind of isolated and in our own insular bubble, unless you're called to, you know, maybe a contemplative life or you're someone who is, uh, you know, called to that particular charism, I guess, of, of being sort of in the, in the, I'm thinking of like the monks in the desert or, you know, the people who were sort of called to just go out. I'm thinking like John the Baptist, right? Who's like living in the desert, right? Yeah, there may be people who are called to that particular way of life. But I think for the majority of us, we're not called to that. We're not called to just be in our own little world. We're really called to go out, to serve, to represent God in different environments and different places, because how will people know the truth of God's love if we're not there to show it to them? And so being that missionary, if you will, or being that evangelist, whether you consider yourself an actual evangelist or not, you really are, right? We all are by virtue of our, our, our Catholic faith. And so wherever you are showing up as someone who is a woman of faith, showing up as someone who isn't perfect, right? I'm not perfect. No one's perfect, but you're growing, you're developing in holiness. That's so important for helping to further the mission of God's king kingdom on this earth. Ways that we can also invest in our community are through volunteer work and service, right? So giving your, your time, your talent, your treasures to people who are less fortunate than you. And whatever that is, that could be a particular you know, charity that you 
have a really strong interest in, or it could be an organization that you enjoy actually being hands-on and, and serving others. It can just be talking to the homeless person on the street, or maybe just giving, making that eye contact with them. How many people do we see that we just don't acknowledge, right? We, we just literally don't acknowledge their existence. And that I imagine can be very soul crushing. So sometimes you just looking that person in the eye and maybe they're asking you for money or maybe they're asking you for something and you you don't have it or you you don't want to give it for whatever reason, you don't feel like it's appropriate. You can look the person in the eye and acknowledge them as a fellow brother or sister in Christ, as a fellow human being. And you can still give them your blessing, you know, even though you may not be able to give them specifically what they're asking for. So what are ways that you can invest in your community? That is an investment that will pay dividends, not only here on earth for other people, but also it's like putting um, money in your escrow account in heaven, right? So not that we're doing things just to, you know, just to build up our own account, but we know that at the end of our lives, we are gonna have to give God an account for the things that we've done on this earth, right? The way that we spent, the time versus invested the time that he gave us. And so investing in your community is a way for you to do that. And even better if you make the Marian consecration, when you consecrate yourself to Our Lady, I love the way St. Louis Marie de Montfort describes this. You are actually, it's almost like you're giving Our Lady all of your, all of everything that you've done, right? All the good work that you've done. And the way he describes it is like a poor peasant who has a very modest gift to give to the king. Maybe it's just a piece of fruit. But what the queen does is she doesn't pre present it just as a piece of fruit, but she puts it on a golden platter and maybe she adds some other things to it. And of course, because it's the queen herself who's presenting it to the king, she already has the king's favor, right? So she's presenting it as herself kind of for you but he's receiving it really as something from Our Lady's hands. So a small plug there for making the Marian consecration so that all of the things that we are doing to serve others in our communities and beyond, really we're doing that, we're, we're giving that uh, to Our Lady so that she can present it for us to our Heavenly Father. And so these are ways that we, can be making investments as Catholic women and ourselves in our relationships with other people in our community at large so that we can, again, be the women that God are creating us to be so that he created each of us with a purpose. And these investments will actually help you to not only have the clarity to see what that mission and purpose is, but to actually go out and to do it. Because it's one thing to know, okay, God is calling me to do this or God is calling me to that vocation, or God is calling me to this state of life or this way of life. It's one thing to know it. It's a whole nother ball game to actually, to actually do it, right? To put boots on the ground and to actually take the steps forward in that call, in that mission, in that purpose, in that vocation, in that way of life. And so making these five investments today is really going to help you to do that and to take those steps forward. If you'd like to get started on this healing journey, 
Be sure to download my free heart safety guide, a trauma-informed approach to healing for Catholic women. You'll learn all about heart wounds, where they come from, and how to heal them. Just click the link below to download.